0: Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The Local Station takes you ringside as we discuss
1: the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with The Local Station.
2: Hello there, and thank you for joining us again for another episode of Going Ringside. This is episode 17. If you're watching us in order, thanks for continuing to support the show. As last week, episode 16, we did our first live show from River City Wrestling Con, which was an amazing success. By far the most highly viewed episode we've done so far. So thanks for all the support. Um, Of course, give me a follow on Instagram or TikTok at Going Ringside. Putting a lot of exclusive content there daily, sometimes twice a day, about the wrestling and the fighting world, uh, just so you can keep caught up with the day to day stuff that we may not get right here on the podcast. But if you check me out at Going Ringside at Instagram and TikTok, we're giving you updates every day that are sometimes big news. Um, But today, it's not going to be all about wrestling. It's a lot about UFC and ultimate fighting. Because if you're watching this before Saturday the 24th, UFC is in Jacksonville. And we wanted to break down the fight. Uh, The main event, Josh Emmett, fifth in the world, versus Ilya Tupuria, going to be on ABC. And they are going to broadcast it from Jacksonville, from the arena. One other person we're going to be talking to, and we're going to hear in this episode a little later on from josh emmett our own justin barney sat down and talked with him and we're going to have that interview with uh, josh emmett for you about his thoughts on um coming to this fight in jacksonville and how he thinks things will play out also you know ufc hasn't had a lot of nfl guys cross over into ufc there's been some bob Sapp, michael westbrook to an extent, Brock Lesnar, but he's more known for pro wrestling, of course. But Austin Lane, a former Jacksonville Jaguar, is going to have his debut fight this Saturday. And we are going to hear from Austin Lane a little later on in the show. He's fighting Justin Toffa in a heavyweight bout. So this is a big thing for the former Jaguar-turned-UFC fighter. So we're going to hear from him a, later on, a little later on. We will also sit down with sports editor Justin Barney here at News for Jax to go over this fight, Josh Emmett versus Ilya Topuria, and Austin Lane's debut, and get a thoughts on him. But first, we're going to talk to the mayor of Jacksonville. And I'll intro the mayor of Jacksonville, Lenny Curry, in just a moment. But we have a bonus interview at the end of this episode. Uh, we wanted to bring a local podcaster who's kind of taking Jacksonville by storm. The name of this podcast is Generally Speaking. Now, generally, you think it's spelled with a G. This is spelled with a J. Generally speaking it's a local podcast in jacksonville that we wanted to have on to see what they're doing um and they uh the host jennifer janeo sits and talks to a lot of locals uh in jacksonville it's a great growing podcast you might want to check out so if you want to hear that interview scroll to the end of this podcast we're going to uh, speak to Ms. janeo about the podcast generally speaking later on in the show so we got a packed show but our big guest who we want to start out with um is jacksonville mayor lenny curry now if you're living in jacksonville listening to this you obviously know who mary curry is but if you don't Listen to this interview, even if you don't live around here, because it's important if you are a fan of UFC or pro wrestling or any sort of fighting sport. Because he's about to leave office. He served eight years in the Jacksonville area now. And he uh, has spent a lot of time really fostering a relationship with different fighting organizations, like UFC, bringing the first big fight nationally televised with a large crowd during the height of the pandemic, when that was a big no-no. We're going to sit and talk to the mayor about that and what that meant for the city as far as um, really developing a relationship with UFC, which is why they're back here now. The same thing was going on across the parking lot from that UFC fight over at Daly's Place, which is connected to TIAA Bank Field, uh, the Jaguars Stadium, when All Elite Wrestling, AEW, with Tony Khan, the Jaguars' owner's son, Shad Khan's son, Tony, started All Elite Wrestling all throughout the pandemic. When it was at its worst, they were doing weekly shows in Jacksonville while Curry was mayor. We want to talk to him about that, kind of what was going on behind the scenes there with the decision to have live pro wrestling in Jacksonville before even the UFC fights with crowds. It was kind of a big deal to do that here. Jim Ross was on TV nationally each week. Um broadcasting live and saying welcome to jacksonville i talked to jim about that in the past he said we kind of were acting as the chamber of commerce for jacksonville nationally on tnt each week by showing them that even during the height of the pandemic we're having pro wrestling in jacksonville eventually with crowds before anyone else was doing crowds there was no NBA, no uh, no NBA crowds, no indoor crowds, not even UFC crowds yet. But AEW was doing that in Jacksonville. We're going to sit and talk to the mayor about that. One other thing is the mayor has been meeting with Ken Shamrock over the last couple of years. The UFC and WWE legend to talk about his new uh, venture, Valor BK, which we highlighted. If you want to go listen to episode eight of Going Ringside Right Now, you can, where we sit down with Ken and talk about his new bare-knuckle boxing promotion that he's starting with a big footprint here in Jacksonville. He had a meeting with Merrick Curry, so we're going to talk to Merrick Curry about that as well. So just really it's interesting during his eight years in office that UFC... Pro wrestling, this bare-knuckle boxing promotion. These are the types of things you see in Las Vegas or Atlantic City, New York, L.A. But all of a sudden, they've all started coming to this city in Northeast Florida. So I wanted to bring the mayor on to talk about How does this all happen? What's really gone on behind the scenes during these years when all these fighting organizations have come to Jacksonville? So here is our interview with Mayor Lenny Curry, and we'll follow it up with our interview with Austin Lane, the former Jacksonville Jaguar and NFLer who is debuting in a fight this Saturday for UFC. We'll talk to him about how he feels about the fight. So first, here's our interview with Jacksonville Mayor Lenny Curry. Well, we are thrilled to be joined by Jacksonville Mayor Lenny Curry to talk about this fighting world that has descended on your city, Mr. Mayor. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Good to be here. So you were almost totally complete with eight years. Yes. You spent eight years, and during your time in office, Jacksonville went from a city where we would have a fight or two, maybe once a year, a wrestling match here or there, to it seems like this whole world is centered on us from ufc to pro wrestling to ken chamrock wants to do his bare knuckle
0: boxing yes. here we had a meeting about that a couple years ago yeah, i saw that yes.
2: we'll talk about that in a little bit i want to start with ufc because that's happening now that's happening yes. saturday how did this jacksonville relationship with ufc and dana white start
0: it all started started during covid um, okay. so folks what was that 2020 seems like an eternity ago. yeah and i remember i was watching it in the news uh, dana white And UFC, under his leadership, were looking for a place to do to fight during COVID, Mm -hmm. to fight in a space where there wouldn't be an audience. And no one would let him do it. No state, no city. And I think, if I recall, they were even even trying to go create an island that was going to be a fight island during COVID. Um, I don't know exactly how they got in touch with us, but uh, I got a request that Dana White was interested in filming indoors. And I mean, we ran some protocols and made, we said, this is a no brainer. Uh, we have the space. You say no brainer. So
2: this is, I think 21 maybe. Everything is at height. NBA's in 20. a bubble. 20.
0: It's 20. It's 20. Yeah, this is when, this is in the height of it.
2: So NBA's in a bubble. Yes. Um, NFL and college had kind of started doing some outdoor socially distanced game, but indoors with the crowd. Talk, walk me through that decision. Well, we
0: did no crowd. In 2020, there was no crowd.
2: But eventually in 21, there was. That's
0: right. Okay. Well, let's talk about 2020, because there was a lot of criticism. Yeah. I mean, Dana got this... A lot of the sports media attacked him, and they are beautiful clips to watch if you go back and watch how he responded. Okay. Because he does not does not withhold his language. He's very honest, yeah. which is what I love about him. Um, but then move on to 2021. 20, 20, and, um, yes, everyone was in a bubble. Uh, the state of Florida, Jacksonville, had been open for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we just felt it was time um you know and it's not going to go without criticism and we were willing to accept the criticism what, what, do, you mean, we what were, do you mean what do you mean by criticism we right.
2: what i mean you're sitting in the mayor's office is this negative
0: news reports media hit pieces calls to your office Prima- I mean- pr- primarily negative news Partic- particularly the risk you deal with is negative national news yeah we saw that we were the first to open our beaches mm-hmm. um and we were mocked uh specifically on cnn uh they even put up false pictures pictures that weren't even pictures that were actual happening okay. so anyway we knew that risk was going to be involved with doing the first indoor event and the night before we did the first uh concert as well we did a machine gun kelly concert yep. at Daly's yep. place on friday night mm-hmm. and so you do the
2: fight how does it go i mean what's the mood like i mean are you talking to dana i mean how did your relationship with dana white start
0: um it started uh, in 2020 when he came Uh, I I went and met with him, um, and we said hello. We exchanged numbers, and from there, we started communicating from time to time.
2: And he was just looking for a place. I'm assuming, like, New York, obviously, is not California he can't go
0: Everybody said no. Really? In 2020. And I'll tell you what else, and I'm reflecting now on this. In 21, he wanted to fight again, I believe, in Vegas. That's their their hometown, right? That's their space. Mm -hmm. And uh, no one in 21, when we said... He had always committed to coming back to Jacksonville. But he came back here first because we said yes. Mm-hmm. Once we said yes in 21, guess what started happening? He t- Immediately, he told me. Once they scheduled Jacksonville, all these other venues started saying, well, if they can do it, we can do it. And my guess is they knew we were going to take all the front-end criticism and then...
2: It'd be easier. Right. The second one to do right. is not going to get the CNN that, hit that's, piece.
0: That's right. So you do but this... But really, I'd say for, for fans of whether they're... Fans that follow UFC closely or just a little bit, uh, even if they don't, go watch the Dana White clips. You could Google them uh-huh. on him interacting with the media during COVID in 2020. They're beautiful. Do
2: you think Dana would have done it where an, an NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, is not going to do it or hockey or whatever the case may be? Did Dana, was Dana specifically a guy who's like, I want this to happen? Yes. Over, you think, other sports
0: commissioners? I mean, I can't speak for other sports commissioners, yeah. but Dana... Dana was ready to go. We, we were a year into this, well over a year into this. Um, we, we understood the risks. Uh, in, my, in my view, many of the sports uh, teams kind of overreacted. Maybe not, I won't say overreacted when COVID started. None of us knew what we were dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody that says that uh, any form of a lockdown was a wrong decision was not in a decision-making. Every single governor, every single mayor made some decision To mitigate the effects of covid before we understood how it was spread at one point we thought it was spread on counters and packages all that turned out to be wrong but we had to make decisions quickly once we had that year under our belt we understood what was going on and dana understood what was going on and it was time to go i think i think other sports uh, sporting uh other sports were slower to react respond for for fear of criticism so when the fight (laughs) happens
2: did the criticism go up until the fight happens and then taper off immediately after it was over? I
0: mean, do you recall it all? I, I don't, I recall a lot of criticism leading up to the fight and even into that day and that evening. I don't recall afterwards, maybe I just quit paying attention because the event was over and it was successful. Were
2: you frustrated? Did you second guess yourself?
0: No, he no. You didn't? No. Why not? Uh, that was the right thing to do I, and I didn't think, we, based on the information and data we had a year in, uh... we didn't believe it was a a big public health issue people that wanted to be vaccinated had access to vaccines uh... and people that didn't want didn't want to be vaccinated that was their decision uh... we've we've since learned contrary to what public health officials initially told us vaccinating oneself does not prevent spread they told us that at one point you'll recall Mm -hmm. so if someone chose not to vaccinate themselves that was a personal decision. was
2: there concern at all just the nature of fighting i mean these are two people
0: blood is being shared they're very close was that a concern at all i mean i think that's up to the individual um individual choice right yeah professional athletes they're gonna make a decision uh if if i were a professional fighter um which i'm not never have been yeah uh, i would have absolutely chosen to get in the ring so
2: 2020 happens the one that i i think remember made a lot of headlines was i think 21. yeah when there was a crowd that's right that was the one where everyone was like because that was beyond People in a building fighting. That was, I want to say, thousands of people. Pat, first time I think we had. Well, I AEW actually predated that. I want to get to that a little later. But let's. They go indoor live. They did do indoor live. Yeah, not. I don't know that their crowds were as big, but they they predated. Um, But when we see that image, I mean, there was a lot of concerns locally. Here we're covering it nationally. He's obviously covering it. What was that like?
0: Uh, It it was. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, So it's, look, I've been through eight years of public criticism. That comes with the job. But I'm not saying leaders should not be criticized. Um, So it's just, we felt like it was this, we could do this in a safe way. And it was just time. And we're going to take the the heat and take the arrows and move forward.
2: Were you worried about, uh, what? uh, let's say, 10,000 people in a room together? No. You weren't? No. So this happens. Dana comes in. I think they've been here four years in a row By the
0: way, I would have been worried the year before. You would have. Because we didn't have enough information.
2: Do you think that Jacksonville was the catalyst to restarting sports in some respects in this country?
0: First indoor professional sporting event in the world, yes. Absolutely.
2: And do you think that that changed the perspective of the professional sporting world of Jacksonville as maybe a more desirable location?
0: I think so, but we're going to have to keep building on it. Um, what do you mean by that uh we're gonna have to keep recruiting events i mean we can't just sit back and, ex- and expect that uh that these opportunities are going to come to us after 2020 uh dana said in during 2020 thank you for this i'll come back well we had to pick up the phone and ask for the return visit i'll, I'll tell you how the 2022 event okay. the evolution of that uh i was oh, sp- hang, hang on i want to yeah. stick on 21
2: for a second so we're still on 21 you have the crowd um what is that like day of was there testing or was just people just free-for-all come in
0: uh, yeah we yeah we my recollection is uh i know i was tested um and uh i spent good part of the afternoon um uh, over at the event venue um mm-hmm. uh, met uh did i meet joe rogan in t- last year or the year before and was
2: joe rogan at this one
0: i don't I don't recall seeing joe rogan at okay. 21 so i don't i just don't remember but if i remember right there was a kind of a star-studded oh yeah group that was there tom brady tim tebow i mean there's a long list of people okay stars that showed up and tw- i'm pretty sure joe rogan was there yeah I mean, everybody wanted to be there right they hadn't sure. seen his professional sporting event in in over a year are you um were you proud of your city for
2: this for being at the forefront of that and i'm talking in 21. i mean oh, because yeah. it's one thing to have an event with with the fighters, but it's right. another thing to have your community come out
0: to an event like this. Uh, more than being proud of, of my city, mean, I was proud of the people that helped put it on, but I was happy for my city. Frankly, I was happy for the country because people came from all over. They'd been bottled up in their homes. Many people from other states hadn't been to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, you, the energy was unbelievable. Starting Friday night at the concert, Machine Gun Kelly concert, it was like popping a cork off of a champagne bottle. And it was the same. Th- they kept popping, by the way. It was not one pop. You know, you get the pop and then you re- relax. Mm-hmm. This pop was like all night through UFC. The energy was insane. So what's this like? It, we're was bo- so, it was really good to see. Like, one of the things I enjoy is I enjoy seeing people have a good time. Yeah. Like, if I'm at a theme park or if I'm at a, at a hotel, vacation, I enjoy watching other people enjoy themselves. I've never seen that much joy in one place. And I think it's because people were just so bottled up. Everybody was having a good time. So you do this.
2: Let's keep the COVID out of it. What's the fanboy in you like? I mean, we're getting these major fighters. You're getting Tom Brady and celebrities in your city for this big event. I mean, was this fun?
0: Uh, well, I'm a sport. I like sports, yeah. you know, even, even if it's a sport that I don't follow. So I don't follow the NBA closely. If I saw an NBA player, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so to have them here in our city, uh, yeah, it made me smile. It made me kind of pinch myself. Hey, Joe Rogan. I'm Really? I'm talking to Joe Rogan? Sure. That's, that's I, cool. I saw
2: you doing a lot of the fanboy picks on yeah, Twitter. It was great.
0: How could you not? And I had, at the time, I had broken this bone. Okay, I, had I just remember had that. surgery. Yep. I had a bunch of metal put in. And so it looked like I'd been in a fight. <laughs> yeah. So the timing was The timing was worked interesting. out. Interesting.
2: So you mentioned 22 and now in 23. So the relationship has continued. Oh, yeah. This is four years in a row oh, yeah. now.
0: Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, December of, uh, 21, uh-huh. I was hunting overnight, and I was in my, I think it was a Thursday night, because I remember I was in my room watching a Thursday night football game on my phone, and I thought, we need to get UFC back. So I shot a text to Dana that night, and I said, hey brother, uh, can we get UFC back? And he shot me a text back within minutes, which is, a, he was at his Christmas party, a video of him and his Christmas party Mm -hmm. and the band that was performing. He said, this is what I'm doing right now. Contact my people. The next day we contacted him and they scheduled it like that. Wow. Major event. Do you think other cities would have it that easy or do you think they like Jacksonville? Well, I, I, I think they, they like Jacksonville. They raved about it when they were here, but they appreciate that we took a stand in 2020 when no one would let them do their business. And we opened our doors wide open and said, come on.
2: And Albuquerque, um, some medium sized city in Ohio, do you think we have kind of put ourselves above those, above those medium sized, smaller market NFL cities?
0: I think we're gonna have, yeah, I think, I think we have, but we're gonna have, we, we can't just rest on it. We're gonna have to keep working it. The city's gonna have to continue to work for these types of events. So in addition- but I think we now have a, a case. And I want to get to facilities. I mean, that UFC, that UFC event in 21 was the largest event our, our, that our arena's held, uh, both in terms of people and in terms of revenue generated. So it was I want to
2: talk about facilities in a little bit, but there's another half of this conversation. Um, while you've been in office, some other fighting organization has happened in our oh, yeah. city. Shad Khan's son, Tony, yes. was given a hundred million dollars to start a national pro wrestling organization in Jacksonville. Yes. Were you aware of that? I mean, yes. that kind of came in 2019. And I mean, I, as a journalist, didn't know it was coming until it was announced.
0: Yes. I mean, what have your thought on that? I, I, I think it's an amazing success story. I knew that, uh, uh, you know, I communicate with Todd, uh, with Shad. I spent spent time with him. Um, so I knew that uh, Tony had this idea and that the investment was going to be made. I wasn't aware of the size of the investment. and. Uh, they didn't know where it was headed. I say they, Shad was the investor, but Tony had a dream and a vision and it has exceeded every expectation. Uh, it's a very successful business and it's it's cool that it happened, it started here.
2: Let me hit the pandemic for a second. So when the pandemic happens, everything's shut down, they're a pro wrestling company, they're trying to go on the road again and be right. in Chicago and LA and they can't. And they moved all their shows to Daly's place every week. I would hear their announcers yes. on national television say welcome to Jacksonville, Florida. Yes. Do you think that, in addition to the UFC, kind of helped?
0: Yeah, and now thinking back, my guess is UFC saw that there were AEW events happening. Yeah, and they were having crowds before UFC, right? Yeah, but they saw. My guess is they saw during COVID, even without crowds, they probably saw that and said, "Hey, we ought to check this city out."
2: And you think that helped? Yeah.
0: And And, and by the way, we we didn't do this in a silo uh we had to work with the governor governor DeSantis, and his office yeah
2: tell me about that so this state um, level is in this oh too. absolutely
0: because of the department whatever regulates this i can't remember the name of the department at this time we were in communication with them we were in communication with the governor uh, we wanted to make sure that the governor was going to be comfortable with uh with us doing these events in 2020 even without crowds and right away he was like let's do it so the fact
2: that there's so much focus on the city versus 10 years ago do you think Jacksonville's in a different place in the national eye
0: big time yeah, absolutely i mean i think and a number of things contribute to that this this stuff that's happened recently i think you know there's 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 some some fans do not like that we play a game in london i understand that yeah but london has certainly um helped elevate our brand as a city as well uh, it's also been good for the team in terms of stabilizing its its long-term presence here um so yeah i think uh I think more eyes are on Jacksonville than I've ever been.
2: Well, let's talk about facilities. So you mentioned that was the biggest event that the arena had ever had. And we're right now, and it's not really going to be on you anymore, is a new stadium. Do you, obviously, when people hear new stadium, they think Jaguars, they think football. Right. Are there other opportunities with if we get a new state-of-the-art stadium for things like a major UFC event? I mean, Tony Khan might do a seventy-thousand thing at Wembley Stadium in, in London yes. later this summer. Do you think there are other opportunities beyond just football with the new? Yeah, stadium? Mark.
0: Mark has said that this is more than just about playing football games in the in the new facility. Uh, you could be talking about the draft. You're talking about Mark Lamping, the president of the president of the Jaguars. Of the Jaguars. You're yeah. talking about NFL draft. You're talking about potentially a Super Bowl at some point. Uh, you're talking about college football their college football events uh you're talking about concerts uh, large concerts that can fill stadiums and uh, and
2: if dana white someday says hey we think we can sell out a 50000 person crowd they might
0: you think they'd look at us I, I would make the phone call even being out of this office you would absolutely okay so you think that i'd make the pitch big events in the
2: fighting wrestling world wherever yes. jacksonville would be a good option I, I,
0: absolutely and I, and I think it's it, it, it's important that and it's also important for The florida georgia georgia florida games longevity here as well um 2021
2: i saw some images on twitter of you and i didn't know what they were i recognized two of the three people in the shot it was you and ken shamrock a former fighter and former pro wrestler and and i had no idea what it was until (laughs) we saw ken is on episode eight of going ringside right now if you want to go watch the episode with ken about valor bk valor bare knuckle going to do a lot of events in jacksonville a new fighting league that ken shamrock is doing so go check out episode eight right now. But so tell me about that. I, I didn't know what that was. And I yeah. see you two meeting together. What,
0: what happened there? Ken was uh, advocating for legislation. So at that time, it was illegal to fight bare knuckle. Okay. I think they've passed the legislation that's now legalized it. At, when I met with him, they were pursuing that. Um, so he wanted to talk about uh, could we help with the Florida legislature and the governor. Uh, he was there to educate us on why it's safe. Um, and then also interested at some point in doing events here in Jacksonville. Uh, and his argument makes sense. I mean, I, look, I'm not an expert at this, but he points out that when guys fight bare knuckle, they have to really pick, pick their punches. Cause if you land a punch in the wrong spot, recklessly, you're going to break your hand mm-hmm. and you're done, right? So it's safer for the fighters cause you're not getting a bunch of random shots to the head. But I want to be clear. I'm, I love the glove fighting. I love UFC. Sure. He's just making the case as to why bare knuckles should also be an option. So,
2: going forward, um, when I think fights, boxing, UFC, wrestling to a point, I think Atlantic City, I think Las Vegas, is Jacksonville moving into that conversation?
0: We are moving, but we're gonna have to keep pursuing it. So you mentioned the picture you saw, right? Yep. The number of meetings and phone calls that happen. We're always prospecting and sourcing. I mean, I had a call a year or so ago with the commissioner of hockey, NHL. Um, And it's it's not that that first conversation goes somewhere, but it's saying we're Jacksonville. We're interested uh, on any professional sport. And is there an opportunity? And so I would encourage the next administration, the mayor-elect, and her team to, uh, and we'll pass the baton on these relationships, to work them, um, to pursue, to talk.
2: You've, worked, you've done a lot of things while you were mayor. I don't want to get into those. That's not what this podcast
0: is about. <laughs> but has the fighting stuff been fun? It's been an absolute blast, yes. Um, it's, uh, but again, I think the best part about it was seeing so many people in a place having a good time. And those fans are serious. Yeah. I mean, they come from all over.
2: You following it's what's real, going on this a weekend a really, at Jacksonville, the UFC
0: fight? I will be there. You will be there. <laughs> I will absolutely be there. Stay so excited. My family will be there. Okay. My friends, yeah, I'm very excited about it, um, and look, just really looking forward to it. Well, man, Jacksonville, Lenny Curry, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. This was a fun conversation. Thank you. We, I would encourage folks. I think you can still get some tickets. Okay. It's going to be a full house, but if you've ne- I've told people if you've never if you're not a fan if you've never even watched it on TV, just try it. You'll love it. Got it. Well, thank you, Mayor Curry. We appreciate it. And now,
2: uh treat. We also get to sit down with Austin Lane. Austin is a former Jacksonville Jaguar NFL star making his fight debut. Here's our interview with Austin Lane. Well, we are excited to be joined now by Austin Lane making his uh, UFC debut this weekend after a uh, prominent NFL career for all those years.
1: Austin, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, oh, man, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on, man.
2: Talk to me about this weekend. Are you excited? Butterflies, this is your big debut.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously a huge opportunity ahead of me. You know, this has been a, a pretty long journey for me to get here. Um, you know, there's been, been some ups and some downs, but it's all part of the fight game. And to be able to, to showcase my skill set, to showcase my hard work, my dedication in front of a fan base that started when I started playing for the Jaguars, um, it means absolutely everything to me. So as far as nerves, Not really, man. I'm going to have a giant smile on my face going in there because to me, it's like one giant playground. Um, I I love this sport. I love this game. I love this lifestyle. And I'm excited to showcase that this Saturday. So when you're in the NFL,
2: after the NFL,
1: how does it go
2: from NFL to fighting? What was that decision making process like?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, one of the easiest decisions I've ever made in my entire life. Um, I, I started training, you know, boxing and MMA. Back in 2012, when I was playing for the Jaguars, upon the advice of my defensive line coach, Joe Cohen, you know, he he wanted all his defensive linemen to to get, you know, the better hands, per se. So, you know, I found an MMA gym. We worked on boxing a lot. And from there, I fell in love with it so much that every offseason, I would go back to that gym, um, you know, and just try to work on my skills a little more. Well, it got to the time when I was playing in Chicago my final year, you know, where I told myself, listen, if this game ever stops being fun, and it starts to feel like a job, I would walk away and I'd pursue MMA. And that's exactly what I did, you know? And, and I think in the long run, I think it was the right decision. There's a, there's a lot of guys out there that don't really have a, a fallback plan or something to run to after the NFL. Thankfully, MMA was in my back pocket the entire time. So that transition for me was pretty easy.
2: What's the difference between facing off with an offensive tackle and an MMA, MMA fighter?
1: <laughs> Man, uh, that's a great question. You know what? Um, there is a lot of, I mean, it's, it's pretty similar. I would say at the end of the day, though, obviously wearing pads and a helmet, um, on that field, uh, in MMA, one shot, it's, it's a little different, right? And, you know, the thing with football too, is if you make one mistake, okay, well, you have to go back to the huddle, play next play, um, in MMA, one mistake can cost you everything.
2: Sure. So you are facing, uh, Justin Toppa this weekend, Thoughts on the fight from your perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the UFC knows exactly what they're doing in terms of setting these fights up. You know, I mean, he's got six finishes, you know, and those are all by KO. And uh, I have 12 finishes and 11 of those are by KO and one's by choke. So, yeah, I mean, when you got two big guys in there throwing leather, um, it's bound to be fireworks. So, obviously, we have the game plan in place. No in disrespect, Scott, I'm not going to say what that game plan is. But um, it, it's going to be a fun matchup. He's he's a very great fighter. I have a lot of respect for him and, and what he's all about. Um, and I just have to go out there and execute my game plan. and we will be all good.
2: i talked to some fighters who say fighting is different than other types of, you know, barbarian-like sports, maybe like NFL, where it can <laughs> be over quickly. And with NFL, you're kind of putting your body through a lot for 60 minutes. Yeah. Is there a difference there in as far as the wear and tear on the body?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I've been asked this question a lot. And when people want to say, like, you know, what's what's more grueling, the NFL or just playing football in general or, or fighting? I mean, to me, it's not even close. The, the NFL is, is a lot worse as far as I'm concerned sure. now. But yeah, remember who you're talking to, though, right? Like, I came from the camp when we had, like, two days, but we're practicing two times a day in full pads. Those times have changed a little bit. But you want to talk about even in a game, um, you know, if you're in the trenches and you're playing 60 plays or 70 plays i mean every time that you go after that offensive tackle you know your, your heads are getting collided and everything um it can, it can take its toll you know on your body as opposed to mma where yeah obviously we're, we're sparring we're punched in the face but it's not an every single day kind of thing like, like when i spar hard i might be sparring hard maybe once or twice at the very maximum i'm like practice with football where every single day you got to go and get get that contact in so in, in terms of the way you feel on your body and your mind i think the NFL is a lot worse.
2: You could be fighting in Atlantic City. You could be fighting in Las Vegas, Los Angeles, but you're in Jacksonville, yeah. a city you're very familiar with. What do you think about that? Was that by design? Is that luck of the draw?
1: No, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't by design. I was supposed to make my UFC d- debut. Uh, that would have been in February, and then I ended up tearing my bicep. I was supposed to fight in Australia. Um, tore my bicep off the bone, and then obviously, you know, the rest is history, and now we're fighting here um has and- that healed and are you is that oh yeah, that be a oh, yeah. Problem? yeah. so you know when, when, when I tore they told me five to six months but they not know who they're dealing with because I was back in three months um you okay. know and that to my to my the, the, my rehab team to my doctors and everything they did a great job of getting me back together and get me back to 100 percent. but needless to say um no it, it all just literally worked out you know and it's due to hard work coming back early from the injury and all that stuff, and now I'm, I'm reaping the benefits of fighting in, in my hometown here in Jacksonville. Well, Austin Lane, thank you so much for
2: joining us, and good luck out there.
1: Got, yeah, man. I appreciate it, dude. Stay casual, man. We'll talk to you later.
2: So that was our interview uh, with Jacksonville Mayor Lenny Curry and Austin Lane talking about his fight, but Austin Lane is not the only fighter involved in this UFC event who we're talking to. The other one is Josh Emmett, fifth in the world is how uh, AAB uh, UFC ranks him. He's coming up to fight against Ilya Topuria. It's gonna be a tough fight. Our own Justin Barney, uh, News for Jack Sports Editor, sat down with Josh Emmett to talk to him about how he feels about getting here to Jacksonville and his big fight this weekend. So here's our interview with number five in the world, Josh Emmett.
3: I've only been to Florida once and that was Orlando. Um, So I yeah, I, I don't know a whole lot about Jacksonville besides the uh, the Jaguars playing there. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it though. You know, first and foremost, I wanna go out there and get my, get my hand raised on June 24th. And then, you know, my wife and I and friends are the biggest foodies. So I just wanna kinda, you know, if there's any sites that I need to check out in Jacksonville or the beaches and and definitely the food and, and you know, craft cocktails and some good wine, uh, I, I'll need some uh, recommendations.
4: Are you a, uh, a wine guy, a bourbon guy? What kind of food are you into?
3: yeah no all, all types of food but I, I i do like uh instead of just like junk food it's like i i do like you know i like some all all types of cuisine i like but i do like some fine dining and just like the culinary experience and then you know'm i a big red wine drinker but uh, i love bourbon and 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 things like that as well so uh yeah i i do not discriminate i love it all
4: <laughs> yeah you'll have you'll have to wait till after you fight to do you have any oh, time court. left in town after you after you're done fighting to decompress?
3: Yeah, yeah, always. Uh, wh- wherever I fight, I always take a, a handful of days. So I think I I go back sometime uh, mid week the following week. So I, I just plan on just kind of taking in the you know the city and you know the culture and just uh, yeah just you know hopefully interacting with some fans and uh, yeah just just doing it all
4: it's it's awesome because the last time we had a fight night card here was back in we've since had two uh, ufc cards but the last time fight night was here was during the pandemic and we had no fans and so this is a chance to for, for the local crowd to see a little bit of uh, fight night action and a top contender too so with uh, with you moving up i mean a win in this situation would vault you pretty uh pretty close to possibly a title shot maybe end of this year, possibly next year. That's what you, that's what you're looking at.
3: Yeah. You you never know. You know, I, I just kind of keep it one fight at a time. So there's only, you know, four people ranked in front of me in the world. Uh, I'm fighting behind me this time against Ilya, but you know, he's, uh, he's a, he's a good fighter. You know, he's, he's a tough fighter. He's young, he's hungry. Uh, he's confident. Um, so first and foremost, I just have to go out there, uh, get my hand raised and then I'll, uh, you know, I'll cross that bridge when, uh, when we get there, but I, I do feel like I'll, I'll be right back in the same position. I was just in, um, you never know, I, uh, my next fight could be possibly for a, a title eliminator, or you never know what the state of the division and where people are at with injuries and, and opportunities pop up here and there. You, you just always have to be ready, but I, I have to go and, and beat Ilya first. Otherwise, none of that
4: matters. With you being a guy, you've got you know, more than two dozen professional fights to your credit and you're talking a younger guy too in that situation how how do you approach a fight like that where it's a younger guy i mean is it different fighting a veteran like yourself or a younger guy what do you how do you compare and contrast the uh the two chasms of fighters there
3: yeah it's just different you never know you know uh this sport is uh it, it's a it's a wild ride but it's like i i don't know until i get in there you know i i always say i like to get in there i, I like to and it sounds crazy, but like, I, I like to get hit by them just to see how fast they are, see how hard they hit. You know, once we kind of get in a clinch, I'll feel how strong he is. So you you never know. I always give my opponents the utmost respect because I watch a lot of film on them. I see what they've done in the past. Um, but I don't know until I get in there. So it, it's just every single fighter is different. Um, you know, I could answer that question, uh, at the, the end of the night on June 24th, but, uh, if it's if it was the toughest fight of my life or the easiest fight of my life. Um, but yeah, it's I, I've been there, so I have the experience on my side. You know, um, I've I, I fought a lot of guys that are similar to him, uh, same body style, well rounded fighters, just like he is. I was also, you know, young and undefeated. Uh, before I got in the UFC and when I was in the UFC uh, for a little while. So it's like, I, I feel like I know how he feels, uh, I, like how he's thinking and, you know, carries himself. So, you know, I'll take the experience um, all day and um, he's never fought anyone like me.
4: The last time uh, UFC was here, two guys in your division headlined it that night, Zombie and Volkanovski. And it was just the atmosphere was electric and being in there and seeing the, the fans and how passionate it was down here. Combat sports in Jacksonville has just, exploded and, and the sellout crowds down here. When you're when you're fighting in a different place, do you feed? I mean, I, I know different athletes sports and sports and stuff feel differently about the crowd. You tune it out or whatever. But as a fighter, do you feed off of that? Do You absolutely, you know, take that in or are you just locked in and don't even notice the crowd?
3: Yeah, no, I definitely notice the crowd and, it, and I'm I'm happy to be fighting in front of a crowd. This fight was supposed to be in Vegas at the Apex. I always have so much friends and family that come out to my fights. So they were going to be in Vegas, even if they couldn't get into the apex. And now, now everyone can go. And and I I do like feed off the energy of the crowd, you know, when I get into exchanges and they're, they're screaming and it's electrifying in there. And it's a, it it does push me to go a little harder and get that finish. Um, Yeah. So I, I I do, I, I do love it, even though I am so, focused and 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 just zoned in but I hear everything you know I, I listen to my coaches I listen to my opponents coaches I can hear my old um, high school and college wrestling coaches in the crowd you know I've I've played sports and wrestled my whole life and through the four-year level so it's like I'm a very coachable guy so I just uh I, I hear it all but I I do feed off that energy as well
4: do you I know it's it's presumptuous to look ahead but do you have a have a a year plan, two year plan, 18 month plan as a fighter, or, or do you truly just take it one day at a time, one round at a time?
3: Um, yeah, no, no, I definitely have goals set and, and plans that I want to do. And, you know, like as far as like from a, uh, you know, like person, my personal life, business life, all these type of things. But as far as fighting goes, um, yeah, I want to stay as active as possible. I want to fight as consistently as possible, uh, stay in the gym, just, uh, stack up a handful of wins and then you know the, the the better i'm doing the the better you know my my group and my wife and my mom and family and everyone does so um yeah so i i have multiple goals but they're all in different areas and always trying to you know learn and educate myself in in, in different areas as well and and just become a you know better fighter better husband better son better friend just just everything just keep evolving you can uh Never stay stagnant.
2: So so glad Justin was able to sit down with Josh Emmett to go over his thoughts on the fight. Fifth in the world right now. So let's kind of talk about, before we bring Justin Barney in, to help us break down the card and how he sees it going. Here's kind of the main matches that you can expect Saturday. Josh Emmett, who you just spoke with, uh, fifth in the world versus Ilya Topuria, ranked ninth. Topuria is from the country of Georgia in Eastern Europe. For the women's flyweight bout, you have Macy Barber, ranked 11th. and uh, She's from the U.S., versus Amanda Rebus from Brazil. Uh, she is ranked 9th in the world. The heavyweight bout that we talked about, former NFL star Austin Lane stepping in the squared circle with Justin Toffa, who's from New Zealand. And uh, the featherweight bout you've got from Uganda, David Onama and Gab- versus Gabriel Santos out of Brazil. And then finally, on the middleweight bout, on the main, the headline cards, you've got from the U.S., number 13 ranked Brendan Allen versus unranked Bruno Silva from Brazil. So a stacked card. So I want to sit down, particularly about that main match and the Austin Lane match. I want to sit down with News for Jack sports editor Justin Barney to kind of break this down. He's our UFC fight guru. Here's our interview with Justin Barney. Well, now we are joined by UFC expert sports editor Justin Barney to talk a little about breakdowns, some of these fights. And we just heard about from Josh Emmett. So, Justin, I want to start with Josh Emmett, Ela Topuria. How do you see this fight going down? It's
4: going to be a banging fight. Josh Emmett, if you've seen him fight before, he is a slammer. He likes to get in, trade, bang, and you know I, this is a big fight for Josh because he's coming off a loss to Yair Rodriguez, and for a, uh, an interim title shot. And Yair ended up beating him, and now he's going to get a crack at Alexander Volkanovski, the gr- Alexander the Great. So Alexander the Great actually fought here the last time the UFC promotion was in town. Beat the Korean zombie So there's all kinds of little intricate parts uh, to uh, to the UFC. So Emmett Tapuria, who do you predict winning this one? I, oh, it, it's time a step up in competition for Mr. Tapuria. He's he's not fought a guy like Josh Emmett, and for Josh, it's it's almost a last uh, in a, in a sense the the last kind of step up. I mean, this is for him. he can't lose two in a row in the UFC if you still want to be mentioned in that. I'm going to take Josh Emmett just because I think he's the veteran. Of course, Mr. Uh, Mr. Taburi has not fought a, a fighter of Josh's caliber. He's 13-0, but he has not kind of fought that upper crust of UFC greats like Josh Emmett has. So
2: let's talk about Austin Lane, former Jacksonville Jaguar. You know, we've seen mixed results from NFL stars. Who go into the fighting world? Bob Sapp is probably the most famous one who struggled. Who
4: comes to mind, and others? How do you see this going? Yeah, Greg Hardy is another one. He was a very famous football player, and he is. He made it. He had a good start in MMA, and has since struggled and, and tapered off. It's just different when you get out there. You see, you see it in a CM Punk kind of situation. You go from. Yeah one venue to the other, and uh, it's, it's going to be a challenge.
2: It, I talked to it, UFC <laughs> legend Dan Severn about that. He was with an interview that will be coming up in coming weeks on uh, Going Ringside where he kind of mocks CM Punk's attempt at it, so it's, <laughs> it's funny that you should mention that. Um, so before we go, I want to talk to you about Jacksonville, and, and we talked to the mayor earlier in this episode, about Jacksonville and UFC. Have they really bonded? Like the UFC, the MMA, Ken Shamrock's got his ba- Valor BK doing a lot in Jacksonville. Why do you think the fighting world has descended on this city so much?
4: If, if you look at the UFC in Jacksonville and UFC in Florida, in general, it starts back pandemic-wise. country was shut down for two months, essentially, and yeah. Governor Ron DeSantis, Mayor Lenny Curry, Talked to Dana, Dana White about opening the, the state back up, and they had three, three nights of fights in Jacksonville. They had no fans here, uh, but, again, it was a segue into great things. This is the fourth year in a row that UFC has been here. And Jacksonville, if you look back in the history, is, is a little kind of a hot spot for combat sports. A lot of it boxing. So Roy Jones w- has fought here.
2: I want to ask you, so historically, when you think of big fight cities, you think of obviously Las Vegas. Los Angeles and New York are always going to be in there because they're LA and New York and uh, maybe some of the other thing uh, major cities how do you see Jacksonville nationally
4: now do you think we're up there with the Vegas of the world no not not quite yet I think I mean you're, you're you've got a steady influx I mean this four, again four years in a row UFC has come here Jacksonville's got a rich boxing tradition if we wind the clock back even prior to UFC and it's, pro wrestling and pro wrestling with, and with uh, what's going on with Tony Khan uh, it's it's muscling its way into the conversation it, it's 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 a, almost like the Jaguars you trying to muscle your way into being in NFL town back in 95 thought it was a long shot Jacksonville gets the Jaguars, and I think Jacksonville as a would you say we're a
2: top ten, top five city for fights? I would
4: not, not yet. I think you're, I think you're top, maybe top fifteen at this point. I don't think you're, you're top ten, but I think the AEW keeps going. You keep bringing UFCs here every year. This is a little different. It's a fight night. It's not an actual UFC you know main card ufc 290 anything like that but you're you're muscling your way in there you're getting repetition you're never going to be a vegas or atlantic city uh type of uh, promotion but you are gonna again get something here keep it coming here keep it flowing in jacksonville so
2: while we've been talking been thinking about something ufc's merging with wwe their competitor is tony khan's organization right? AEW. do you think there will be any sort of problems with that or do you think that ufc is kind of its own entity and doesn't really care what aew does yeah
4: i don't think ufc cares what aew i mean the the brand of ufc and wwe stands alone at the top of their respective realms you've got other fight leagues that are around shamrock is is trying to get in the fight business i don't think you know aew has taken a little bit of the uh, a little bit of the the feelers away from uh, wwe but i don't think ufc is going to be uh hindered by other promotions. I don't think they look at AEW as a, as a series competitive rival to, to WWE. But I do like the crossover appeal between UFC and WWE. We've seen it. Heard yep. from Ken Shamrock about yep. it. And uh, I do like that crossover appeal.
2: And, and thank you for that because we uh, are going to in an upcoming episode. Ken Shamrock, Dan Severn, and Butterbean all sit down with us. Three legendary fighters. So Look for that on Going Ringside in coming weeks. Justin Barney, thank
4: you so much for your time. Absolutely. Love talking wrestling and fighting and everything. Thanks, Justin. Thanks.
2: So that was our conversation with Justin. And once again, Butterbean, Shamrock, Severn all together on stage with us in an upcoming episode in the very near future. Um, But now that we've looked at the fight, I want to talk about something else on our episode today, and that is a new, very popular podcast. If you listen to podcasts in Jacksonville, this is probably one you should check out, or if you're in Florida, in the region. It's called Generally Speaking. I talked about it a little at the top of the show. It generally is spelled with a j instead of a g like you would commonly think it's based off the host name jennifer Geneo and it is becoming really the go-to podcast in northeast florida that people are just flocking to to try and get on as it grows in popularity talking about everything from health and wellness to the nightlife in Jacksonville. So we sat down with the host Jennifer Geneo to talk about, you know, what her show's all about, how she came up with this idea and it seems to just keep growing. So we wanted a chance to hear about it here on Going Ringside. Here's our interview with generally speaking host Jennifer Geneo. Well, we're excited to be joined now by something we really want to get out there more, and that is some Jacksonville-based podcasts. We are joined now by Jennifer Geneo, host of the Generally Speaking podcast. Now, generally, you think of spelled with a G... On her show, it's spelled with a J, so look up the word generally with a J, speaking the podcast. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. Tell me all about the podcast.
5: Oh, thank you for having me. Um, I'm really blessed to be here, so I really thank you for having me on here. Um, Generally speaking, I've done it for about a year now. Mm -hmm. Um, I started this podcast because I, uh, since I've been in Jacksonville, I've met so many amazing people and individuals and, and business owners. Um, and uh, throughout the years and going through college at U, unf um, i really wanted to showcase these amazing people that have influenced my life for the better and i think jacksonville gets a lot of bad rep for a lot of things you know um but it is an amazing diverse and cultural city what are some of the
2: things you have on the show just i'm sure it's a variety of things
5: yeah so it's a generally uh, you know, speaking thing. So topics are, um, free form and, you know, there's no, um, there's no restraints on our topics, but I have local creatives, talents, and businesses on there. And I showcase how they're, you know, how they're affecting our community in Jacksonville the best way. So, you know, topics, um, I've had musicians on there, um, chefs, bartenders, um, I've had a, uh, Jack's Beach, um, a local council member on there, you know? So anyone and everyone is welcome on my show.
2: So at the end of this interview, we're going to talk about where you can find the podcast. But I do want to ask about people if they want to come on your show. How
5: would they get in touch with you? So you can look up my social media um, on Instagram, Facebook. Um, just message me directly or my, uh, my brand manager, uh, Josie Valentine. And she has everything on Facebook, Instagram. You can email spell us. Spell
2: the name they're looking. Spell Geneo so our viewers know exactly what to look for on Instagram. Yeah, so
5: on Instagram, my name is Jennifer Geneo It's G-E-N-A-O.
2: And that's how they'd find you there. And mm-hmm. tell me where people can hear the podcast if they want
5: to. Um, generally Speaking is available on all major platforms. So you can find it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the smaller um, podcasts or platforms as well. Is it hard to start a podcast? I'm kind of learning
2: this myself here on Going Ringside. It's just a new venture, and you just did you just decide to do
5: it on your own? Yeah, it's um, I I really did. So when I had this idea, I actually for about a year was in this kind of idle space. You know, I I wanted it to be my own, but. Um, I kept procrastinating the start of it because uh, I was doing everything myself. I, had, I got all the equipment for it. I was learning all the, the videos and, you know, how to edit. It's not just pushing a button, mm-hmm. you know, and you want it to look as professional as possible. Um, so eventually after that year, I um, reached out to someone who could help me just get it started. Um, and his name is Gary, and I thank him so much. And so he provided me with a studio space. Um, and that's when it kickstarted, and, and everything from there was a lot easier, but... Why, it, why
2: a podcast for you? Is that something you wanted to do? Did you think of that, that through college? How did that come about?
5: Um, so, I, I thought of that a couple of years ago. Uh, when I went to college, I never, never had thought about it, no. Um, but when I, when I stopped going to school, and I was working, and traveling, meeting all these great people, I... I was trying to think of the best way to showcase these people. And um, and I, I get all the time my voice is good for radio. You've got a radio voice, absolutely, yep. Yeah, so, and I decided to, you know, and I used to be very insecure about my voice, too. Really? Yeah, okay. I was bullied for my voice, being very deep as a woman. And so, you know what, I, like, took that into my own hands and I turned it into a positive thing. And I was like, you know, I'm going to use that uh, to my advantage and make a podcast out of it.
2: So it's going well. Jennifer Janeo with a Generally with a J speaking <laughs> podcast on iTunes, Spotify, yep. wherever you get your podcast look up Generally Speaking. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us.
5: Oh, of course. Thank you. Of course.
2: So, we appreciate Jennifer coming on to talk to us about the very popular podcast that just keeps growing here. Um, as we hope ours does, uh, continue to share it uh, and tell people about it. Going Ringside. Uh, they can check us out once again on Instagram at TikTok at Going Ringside. And we, of course, are available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as YouTube and newsforjacks.com. So thanks for joining us in this trip down the world of UFC today. And it's real big impact here in Northeast Florida. Uh, So it's been a fun episode. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time on Going Ringside.
1: This has been Going Ringside with The Local
0: Station, brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player on News 4 Jax Plus, as well as the News 4 Jax YouTube channel.